This podcast is brought to you by Enrollment Resources, Innovations in Enrollment Management. Learn more at enrollmentresources.com. Hi, everybody. This is Greg Nicoljohn with Tom King, the C-level member of Enrollment Resources. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Fantastic, Greg. I'm looking out and it's a nice sunny day here, which I think is better than where you are. Yes, it's a big snowstorm here that we rarely get. And it's fun to watch people who never drive in snow try to do it. You know, it's looking the panic and the fear in their eyes as they're driving down hills and stuff. So folks who are in cold parts of North America, feel free to mock us out in Victoria, British Columbia. (laughs) So if I think people who are driving on these icy roads had a, an opportunity to, through trial and error, learn how to how to go down a hill. I think they would be less panicky, and they would do much uh, a much better job in their driving. So that's kind of a theme for today. Hey, Tom, is to uh, talk about the secret sauce of split testing. What do you think? Sounds fantastic. Let's go. Okay, so we've done these talks before, where we've gone into an audience of business of education people and said, what is the most important employee that sits within a marketing and admissions department? And so we went through, we talked the director of admissions, we talked about the social media people, uh, we talked about media buyers, lead generators, we talked graphic designers who created look and feel, talked about copywriters. Let's go through each one and talk about why they could potentially be the most important person within Marcoms and lead gen and sales. So a graphic designer, there's a legitimate argument that those who uh, create graphic design look and feel might be the most important person. You want to, you want to add to that? Well, sure. They're, they're definitely important uh, on the marketing side to craft a look and feel that your company wants. And I don't want to belittle here, but that is a that is something you can outsource, and you know if you didn't have it, you could still do a, a halfway decent job of creating marketing, you know, through outsources or a lot of free services that may be available out there. Yeah, and there's themes for websites you can pick up for a hundred bucks, and um, but the look and the feel of uh, how we we visually extend, even with like emails and whatnot, layout and have you, it's very important talk about media buying. So within education, there are these ad agencies and they go off and work with directories and, and they bring leads to schools. And then the admissions reps work these leads. So admissions people, as you know, you're an expert in this area, they need a volume of, of leads or inquiries, we'll call them, to have a shot at converting some of those into students which then drives an intake for a school. So those in uh, selling advertising, they have a value, right? Certainly, if you're a advertising or marketing company, um, then and having someone in there that can buy for your clients, it's absolutely you know a, a kind of a must. But if you're the the client, uh, you don't really need to have your own uh, you know buyer. But uh, for these marketing companies, it's it's an important it's an important role. Um, however, many of the companies out there can support you with their with their own teams if if you, even if you don't have somebody. Exactly, and then copywriting is all about persuasion, right? And but challenges with copywriters is 
if they have a mediocre offering that they have to persuade people about, then you're only as good as really the offering that you're writing about, unless you lie. So copywriting for many people will say copywriting is at the center. It's the center skill set um, for marketing and, and sales. And then social media is really hot. You know, it's a really hot, but it ties in with SEO. It's really, uh, everybody talks about social media and it just kind of reminds me of uh, when you take um, a firecracker and you unroll it and you spread it out on a table and then light the, the loosely packed saltpeter. It just sparkles and crackles and makes noise, but really doesn't do anything. It doesn't blow anything up. It doesn't really make a noise. I, I'm kind of of the view that social media, while it's, it's kind of like the branding tool for schools, if not done correctly, you just kind of be kind of meh and people do it because they're afraid not to. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, certainly if it's not done right, uh, it, it can certainly impact you and it's a difficult thing to keep up with. There's so many things changing constantly in the, uh, in the social media landscape, just trying to keep up with what, you know, what's new and, uh, and what's out there. Uh, and as you mentioned, you know, it can be a really good branding tool, uh, but a lot of people just don't use it correctly. They use it as a lead gen tool or something like that. And they just don't really understand the full uses. So unless you really have a good plan, uh, a lot of times you're just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what, seeing what sticks out there. Yeah. And, you know, people use the word jello, but or jello on the wall. So I guess really is setting up for this is that the most important skill set that sits inside marketing and and admissions is the director of split testing, I'll call it. And it is a rarely used job description, and it should be the most important job description in the entire department. So you might have some thoughts on this, hey? That's really been the hallmark, I think, of what, of what we do is, you know, when you start to talk about conversion rate optimization and lean management and process improvement, the core of that is finding the leaks uh, and testing out different ways to improve those or different ways to optimize what you're doing. And for most companies out there, it's, it's a critical piece and it's often overlooked because of all these other shiny objects as you mentioned it, that people want to jump into all oh, the social media. And I, you know, TikTok is hot now. I got to get on TikTok and I got to get on Instagram and we got to do this. Uh, when we just ignore the web page that we have out there that somebody wrote uh, or we wrote, but we haven't improved it in three years and it's the same website or same web page. Someone that can actively take a role in process improvement testing of all the different areas and not just the web page, all those things that we know add up. Yeah. It's, um, I, and I guess what's interesting is that, you know, the HR, the, the labor market is such that you can't really, it's getting tighter and tighter. And for smaller schools or medium sized schools, attracting top talent is really, really difficult. You either, find somebody who's kind of mediocre in their skills and they're getting poor direction or you uh, find young people um, that really innate skill, but don't really know what to do. 
And then you're stuck with kind of like, uh, you know, meh, mediocre um, performance within all the aspects of what you need to do in the school. But if you have somebody who's dedicated to pushing people to split test trial and error at its core, it's, uh, you have tremendous opportunity. And, and so like with a graphic design person, they, have, they lay out a, a scheme, a visual scheme. And what you can do is teach them how to just use renditions. In marketing, we call it beating the control. Use renditions of the visual, different visual packages. And then what will happen is through trial and error, something will pop and really take off. And what's interesting is that the graphic designer nor the, um, the trial and error manager really, really don't have a clue as to why, but it takes off. And so what happens is through trial and error, you can um, happen, stumble upon, if you will, really interesting improvements in performance. Like we've learned, for instance, with what we do, that if you put a caption under a photo, it will actually get more people to fill out a lead form. We've learned, for instance, that if you use, we'll call them relatable people, average looking people, instead of those, the gorgeous ad agency supermodels used out of photo banks, uh, it'll actually number, more people will fill out a, a lead form. That's interesting uh, notion. Hey, Tom. Absolutely. And, and it's funny you bring that up because I, we've got a, uh, you know, a client mastermind webinar this afternoon. And a portion of what we'll be going through is some split testing results uh, from our end on things. And one of the things that really stood out when I was uh, preparing the, the deck and everything for, for that on split testing today is simply what the, what the dollar value gains could be. I think from the two tests that we put together, an average school could be generating somewhere in the neighborhood of, I don't know, $190,000 to $200,000 a year from these two minor tweaks to, in this case, a landing page. And that's a, that's a significant amount of money. I don't know that a graphic designer is going to have that impact on ROI. You know, again, it's, I, it's, I'm not belittling the, the position. Uh, you know, my daughter does graphic designs and marketing and uh, I think a, a fantastic design can certainly improve your brand, but someone who can split test and come up with different concepts can have a much greater ROI impact on the company than uh, many of these other roles and many of the other things that we're doing. So sometimes it's not just the buy, the media buy or the design or the, or the actual copy. It could simply come down to, hey, the button's in the wrong place or... <laughs> This color is not quite right. So a designer might think, well, we're, our logo is purple and blue, so we need to have a purple and blue logo, uh, button. But the split testing team may say, you know what? You know, an orange button works twice as good and will get us twice as many leads, which is going to double our sales uh, in a year. So having those, that impact on the bottom line is, is fantastic. I don't know any other position within the company that can have that, in, that kind of an impact. So your daughter's, what, 22, I believe? And she has some graphic design skill, but she's a kid, right? And if she was fortunate enough to have a manager above her who dedicated to pushing her gently on trial and error, whether it be design or really what's more important is layout, colors, widths of, of paragraphs, you name it. 
and she could methodically through trial and error start testing, then in a short order, your 22-year-old daughter could become a top-notch graphic designer just simply by going through this myriad of testing. The same can obviously be said for copywriting, hey? It, trying different turns of phrase, different words. There's a real art around split testing with copywriting. Most writers are out of, out of university. They have a degree in English, and uh, they're, they're baked. They're, they're good to go. But what we realize with most of those folks is they have no innate ability to turn their uh, writing abilities into generating revenue you know, one test we did came to mind where we took on the headline, we put in the word get, get the skills needed to be a registered nurse, get the skills needed to be a cosmetologist. And we just added in the word get. And we had a, I think the average is a 28% lift in the number of people that landed on the page that would fill out a lead form. That's crazy, don't you think? Absolutely. Just, it's amazing. Those small little, how, how such a small little tweak has, can have such an immense impact on, on what you're doing. Yeah. And what's interesting to me also is about testing is people who are running testing don't have to be gurus. Don't have to you, folks on, who listen to this podcast. If you have some marketing company that comes up to you with some big home run idea, like on Madman or something, Tom and I encourage you to run as fast as you can away from those people because they're not telling you the truth. There are just too many external factors that could ruin. We, we've turned around so many ruined marketing plans with schools by, because they've just gone whole hog in on big ideas. What we want to do, Tommy, is, is if someone has a cool idea, is to test it and create a little safety net underneath and some boundaries so that if the test goes sideways, the school doesn't get hammered financially. You've turned around a couple of schools in that regard, haven't you? Yeah, it's it's funny. It, it, it reminds me, there's actually a LinkedIn article today that I read and I commented on, very interesting, on marketing. And it was uh, the tale of, you know, which one are you, the turtle, you know, the tortoise or the hare? And the tortoise was talking about companies, marketing strategies where you're you know, plodding along slowly, more cautiously, 10% improvements, constantly testing, or the hair going for the big idea, as you said, uh, trying to hit the big 10x home run too quickly. And sometimes, you know, it is a combination of both. You, you, you have to come up with, hopefully, you know, a big idea or a niche product or something that really makes you stand out. But before you can just roll it out and, and say it's the greatest ever, you've got to split test it. You've got to implement it maybe a little bit slower with your clients. So how you deal with the clients may be a little bit more of the split testing process improvement, be the tortoise. Um, how you deal internally might be, hey, here's some big ideas. Let's test them out, see if they work. Uh, and if they do, great. Then we can slowly figure out how to, how to roll those out. But it really boils down to, Here's what we know will work versus what we think will work. And that's where your split testing person comes in. It can't be just a whim that, hey, let's do this because it looks good or we think it's going to work or this is great copy or whatever. Let's test it out. And we implement only what we know will work, not what we think will work. 
after we test. Exactly. And then it becomes kind of like packed in uh, wisdom. And, you know, my wife has a health food store and she takes all salad material and she packs it into mason jars. And then people take them home and then do the top of the mason jar, jar and the salad just springs out. And so it's kind of like you take all these little wins, you pack them in. And then what happens is before you know it, you have a 20% lift in enrollments. And you've done it in such a way that you've not had to spend big money on ad agencies or buy tons of media or hire gurus or new people. It's, it's a, an incremental trial and error approach. And what's cool is anyone can do it. So, you know, what's interesting is that I get really excited at, about because I'm a, my job is cross-functional through different departments and when there's a problem or something that we want to improve, ideas can come from absolutely everywhere. And so when you have a, a split t- test manager, if you will, and that split test manager communicates out to staff at large and says, here's a problem we want to solve in our marketing side. And if you guys have any ideas, just fire them your way. The ideas for split testing, Tom, they, they can come from totally unrelated areas within a school. You, you want to expand on that? I think it comes down to having, you know, and I, we've referred to it in the past, a, a culture of innovation. And, and that's encouraging people within your organization to come forward with ideas in a safe space where they're at least felt they're being heard. Things can be tested in all areas. And again, not just, you know, not just marketing or sales could be in delivery, the product, the packaging, the, you know, the HR functions, whatever, the finance functions, any of the, any areas can be split tested. And it's, hey, I'll tell you one of the, you know, not to talk about my, my kids again, but my youngest daughter is a senior in high school and she's looking at a, at a college or at going to college here. And she's trying to figure out what kind of a major she wants. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest majors that I'm seeing everywhere, and I think it's in the top five for 2020 and, and beyond right now, is data analytics. Uh, so get you know somebody who dives into the numbers and is able to put those numbers into you know a, an easy format for then management to, to work through split testing. Being able to, to grab the data and analyze it and find out where we're leaking or how the improvements can go. I think it's this all working together somewhere to create, you know, this culture of innovation and improvement within a company. And those companies that can uh, consistently improve on what they're doing and tweak something as well as have a good long-term vision and a, you know, uh, and, and a plan. But if they can continually improve at, you know, three, four, 5% here, two, three percent there, one percent here. All of that adds up to like a 20, 25 percent growth rate on an annual basis. And that's a, it's a home run. And it's by having an entire organization all working together. And in our field, the school industry, and I encourage instructors to present ideas, financial aid, student services. Everybody needs to be constantly coming up with something new that we can test and try out. With no fear of yeah. failure. Yeah, no fear of failure. That's the key is you get transactional managers who are 
driving expectations around results yet not really giving people the tools to uh, achieve excellence. And so if you have a transactional manager, there's no way I'm going to go and offer up ideas around split testing. And the reason is, is because uh, as you'll point out in this afternoon's client uh, mastermind, most split tests fail. And so as I was thinking about this, just, uh, just the seconds here, you know, you coach um, elite soccer. I've been in sports all my life like you. I was thinking back in, in college, I was on a rugby team that did not lose a, um, a game for two years. And what was, we were well known for was, you know, the ball would spin out to the wing. And rather than giving it up or kicking it away, we'd hold on to it, reform. That's called a phase. And we would often have five or six phases. And we would go, literally, we would go backwards the wrong way down the field. It was totally counterintuitive, but we kept testing and trying to push through the opposition. And usually phase three, four, five, six, somewhere in there, they would break down and then push, we'd go through and we'd score a try. I know in soccer, you teach, uh, you coach at a high level of soccer. It's the same thing, right? About not being afraid to go backwards. And uh, you want to just touch on that for a sec. Absolutely. It's the exact same principle that, that we were talking about where sometimes you got to go backwards to go forwards and, and reformulate. If you look at and you read uh, you know, The Art of War or The Leadership Secrets of Attila the Hun, if you read those types of books, you, you constantly get this. They're, they're probing for a weakness somewhere. And sometimes they re, you, know, you retreat to attack. And the same thing is, is, is in business. What, what, sometimes something works, we learn from it, and we, we try something else. But you're constantly trying and testing. Uh, same thing, like I said, in, in war, you might be probing the enemy lines with little attacks here, little attacks here, little attacks here, until you find the weakness. You fail a bunch of times, but if you find that one area that's a weakness that you can exploit, get your whole army behind their enemy lines, and now, you know, you, you come through victory. So it's not all just being able to smash your way through something. It's test, fail, test, fail, test, fail, test, win. And then a big, you know, potentially could turn into a, a huge win. Yeah. And then with the failures, the key is uh, folks on the, on this podcast is when you're doing a test, you always put a safety net underneath the test so that like Tom is saying here is if the test fails, you just go boom and you, and you fall into this little net and you don't hurt yourself. You know, like in baseball, you might fail three quarters of the time and be successful at one quarter of the time. And if that's the case, you're making millions of dollars. I mean, with our company, our uh, success ratio on split testing is somewhere around 20%. So what that means is basically if we do five tests, four of them fail and one of them succeed and then our clients benefit. But if we were running in a typical, got to plow through and make a profit and charge, 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 we would be seen as a loser, a big bunch of losers here at Enrollment Resources because 80% of the things we try fail. But if you fail with open eyes and a safety net underneath, and you have a, a victory, like putting the word get at the front of the headline, everybody, all the boats go up, all the clients 
results increase and improve. Isn't that weird, eh? It's just, it's a two ways, Tom, of looking at testing. One is testing for victory, one is failure. Dummy, you failed 80% of the time. I mean, that's really, I think, what a lot of businesses bring. Don't fail. Right. Yeah. Don't be afraid to don't be afraid to fail. Is uh, we, we see out there, and one of the reasons for that too is, and we we see it on the human side of things when we when we work with schools on admissions, counseling, or something like that as well too. Is it's outside of your comfort zone to try something new, and most people are very unwilling to go outside of their comfort zone, which is where true growth happens. So they want to, it's safe in here and I don't have to go out there and I don't want to try something new. I don't want to try a new script or I don't want to try a new product because, you know, I'm afraid of what it could do or it could make me look bad because I was advocating not doing it. And if it works, I'll look bad. It's really a matter of having a mindset that you're willing to try to expand and having that learning mindset, which we've advocated here at Enrollment Resources for as long as I can remember uh, as, as one of the key traits of a top performer is having a learning mindset, which means wanting to grow, learn, and try new things. You got to have that learning mindset to never be able to, uh, to adequately take on split testing and be, and be proficient at it. So if an owner or a leader of a school or a department head are not willing to have intellectual curiosity themselves, and uh, I'm not willing to embrace failure and trial and error, their employees are, are not going to do that for fear of losing their job. So really, the work we can do is to work with the leaders to have them reframe and reset their attitude in terms of embracing failure. Great companies do that. Um, you know, Apple comes to mind, and to Toyota, companies like that. Why not the school? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anything, uh, any final words? I think we're done on this topic, Tom. No, the only thing I, I want to say at the end here is you've got to be open and willing to split test. You've got to put resources into it and make it part of your culture. And, and it's amazing what can be done. Like I said, just from two little split tests, I, I hate to say the word little because I think they, they take some time, but and somebody has to come up with an innovation to begin with. but. Two split tests can mean, as, as I'll show today, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year making, again, that person, if that happens once a month, that's a million, you know, $1.2 million a year if you're just making an extra $100,000 a month through one little tweak split test. It's amazing growth, Tom, and you got to be willing to go forward. Tom, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's almost non-believable, but I think that's where... Um people should just come and talk to us and see the light, see the light of how split testing works and can and make your balance sheet really hum and make your operational surpluses very surplusy and all kinds of great things. And it empowers and excites the stakeholders within the school to um, think of new ways. They become, in addition to their job, they become lab technicians and they're testing and trying things and, it creates a, a little crackle of excitement. So many reasons. I think folks on this podcast, it would behoove you not to spend some time with Tom to uh, go through our process called Scorecard, which is really a, 
a way uh, to teach leaders how to split tests and use trial and error in varying scenarios within the enrollment management path. And feel free to contact us. And uh, uh, Tom, uh, good chatting, and um, we'll see you again soon. Sounds great. Look forward to it. This podcast is brought to you by Enrollment Resources, Innovations in Enrollment Management. Learn more at enrollmentresources.com. 